Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. But if you want to enjoy our content outside of Facebook, mm-hmm. you can also find our podcasts on any platform where you get podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Pandora. Pandora. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, you can also find these. Just go um, to our website. Go to our website. There's plenty of links on the website. There's also um, uh, YouTube. We have a, a mm-hmm. pretty solid YouTube channel that's really easy to search. You can go onto the YouTube channel and look for any kind of topic that you want to look at. We do these podcasts really focused around research articles mm-hmm. um, because research is non-biased. It's not my experience. It's not Christie's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, or what we've seen necessarily, although we do work that in sometimes. Mm-hmm. But research gives us a really non-biased view of what light therapy actually does, what it is, and what it works for. Um, that's why we do research-based um, episodes, because they're a lot easier to just say, hey, this is what the research is showing. Um, and in a lot of cases, we have placebo-controlled trials. We have mm-hmm. a comparison trial of like exercise versus laser you know, and, and that's really great. Um, well, research supports what we're doing. It and does. It's not just our opinion. It's not just, okay, we think this works. We know mm-hmm. it works based on the research. Yeah, yeah. How many times have you had somebody come to you and be like, oh, you need to try this for your whatever that's painful? Like, I mean, everybody's got some kind of anecdotal, like, oh, well, I tried, I did this and it worked great, you know, or I tried this and it was good, or I, I took this pill or I tried this cream or, you know, I woke, waved these crystals around my head four times and it, it healed me. And, and, you know, there is some value in, in anecdotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, we should be looking to research right. whenever possible to see, you know, is this really a, uh, a good solution for my problem? Research is going to give you, you know, percentage of success mm-hmm. um, and whether or not it's even realistic to attempt to use whatever modality you're looking at. Right. Right. But we also like stories. <laughs> we as humans like stories. We're we're designed a storytelling mm-hmm. uh, society, um, you know, and and stories do carry a lot of weight. So okay. when your cousin's friend's husband goes, "I did this and it worked well," I mean, we automatically give that some level of well, maybe I should look at it. And what's the harm in trying? In a lot of cases, yeah. In a yeah. lot of cases. You know, you know so. if it's surgery, maybe there is well, harm true. in trying. But there you know, is. in, in but. a lot of cases, it's like, oh, try this cream. Oh, okay. Well, it worked mm-hmm. or it didn't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, um, same thing with laser. You know, it's not going to hurt anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a lot of people, they're out there saying, oh, I, I had laser therapy. It worked great. Um, what's the harm in trying? Um, but these, these stories that people have, especially if it's from somebody you trust, these stories carry a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so rather than going into more research which I love to do, um, but rather than bring you a, a research article, I thought we'd go ahead and go through some case studies. And a case study is just a breakdown of a particular patient's condition and what was done for that patient and how well it worked. Um, and, and case studies are, are, again, really just kind of fancy stories. Right. But, right. you know, they're examples of exactly how those modalities, those treatments that were used for that patient and their condition, how it came out. It's not to say that it's going to work like this for you. That you're, you know, each person's condition is unique. Right. Uh, but there's value. There's value, and you can't discount numbers. Mm-hmm. You know that there's credibility to to these studies because it's concrete evidence, if you will. Right. 
but yeah. even though it's different for each person. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, in, in this clinic, we'll deliver like 10,000 or so laser treatments in a year um, with very, very high success rates. Um, and there is validity in the numbers. But at the same time, those 10,000 treatments are across a whole spectrum of different conditions. And so right. people always wonder, well, what about for me and my case, my condition, mm-hmm. is it going to work? And these case studies aren't going to prove that laser will work for you, but they're great examples of people. And you might find that you're you know, in a similar case, a similar scenario. Uh, maybe this is something that would help you. Right. So, right. so let's go through them. Let's, let's talk about it. We've got three case studies today. First one we're going to talk about is chronic neck pain. Then we're going to talk about diabetic neuropathy. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about somebody who had uh, an acute injury in their knee. Um, so, but the, this neck pain one is really interesting. So I'm going to start at the top. Now, if you'd like to actually read these case studies, we'll drop the links uh, to the studies uh, in the show notes. Um, so you can go and download these and read them if you'd like to. Um, it has a little bit more information on the the, the printed version, um, but it's pretty exciting stuff. So I'm just going to start at the top here. This gal um, was an, an older gal, 80, year, 80 years old. She mm-hmm. had 31 years of neck pain. Oh, my. So yeah. starting from the age of 49, right? Did I do my math there? 49? Yep. Age 49, all the way till when she was 80, when she finally came to see us. So she um, came in to see us is back um, January 21. So um, was seen not only by me personally, but by several other practitioners in the clinic as well. Um, very, very severe pain, constant pain uh, that she described as being intolerable. Mm-hmm. You know, like stabbing, throbbing, kept her from being able to go to sleep. Uh, she said, it really, she said, I can't enjoy life because of this constant pain. It was rated at 6 out of 10. Now, 6 out of 10 mm-hmm. to some people doesn't sound like much. You might say, oh, well, I'm, I've been at 10 out of 10. Yeah, but when you live with this every day, constantly, for mm-hmm. 31 years, 6 out of 10 is pretty severe. It is, and that... It just wears you out. It That's just exactly totally right. Totally wears you out. People don't understand the, the the fatigue that comes along with chronic pain like this. It does. Right. It's exhausting. Right. So, um, so back in 1998, she'd had a fusion uh, of C3, C4 in the neck, so a, a, a neck surgery, um, and that really um, had helped her somewhat. But then she had ongoing. <laughs> Uh, a pain. She had tried prescription meds and heat packs and acupuncture, and she had got a little bit of temporary relief from acupuncture, um, mm-hmm. and her medications did help her manage, but she was using heat pretty much constantly, and she also was almost constantly using a soft collar on her really? neck to support okay. her neck. She had to wear it anytime she was driving, otherwise the pain would just be severe. So she needed that kind of just support, and she'd been using that for years. Isn't there something with heat and cold that can break down and or not be as effective as it could be yeah that's actually a really good question a lot of people ask about heat versus cold so uh, cold and ice Mm -hmm. at this point we know they're really only good in the acute early phases of an injury they help with reducing swelling and limiting some of the inflammation initially but once you're past about the first 24 48 hours um outside of surgical cases okay surgery is a different beast Okay. okay, but outside of surgical cases, heat is typically going to be the way to go. Not dry heat like a heating pad, but more mm-hmm. like moist heat. Okay. So rice bag mm-hmm. or 
um, a, a towel that you run under hot water, that kind of a thing. Okay. And that does help with promoting a little bit of, of circulation and also relaxing some of the muscles. So generally, those are those are the guidelines. Um, ice is good initially. Heat is good later. Motion is good always. Right. If okay. you can tolerate it. Okay. So um, she had tried this. This gal had tried chiropractic. Um, it actually made her feel worse. Uh, mm. She tried ozone injections. Mm -hmm. So um, there's uh, prolotherapy and prolozone injections that can mm -hmm. be done. In some cases, they can be helpful. In her particular case, it actually made her feel worse. Wow. Um, she had gone to the orthopedics. They really didn't have anything else to offer her past that initial surgery that she had had. They really, um, you know, and some prescription medications, and, and that really hadn't helped her much. She had tried a lot of topicals as well. So, okay. um, you know, the gels and creams mm -hmm. and things that you can put on, and it really didn't help at all. So um, she actually came in wearing her, her soft support collar. Um, she had good vital signs. Um, uh, blood pressure was 128 over 60, 96% um, oxygen saturation, 81 beats per minute. So she's on pretty in pretty good shape renally other than her neck pain. Mm -hmm. uh, limited medication. She was taking gabapentin for pain. Um, and that did help her to some degree. Mm -hmm. So uh, degenerative change or arthritis she has there in the neck and the upper back. Mm -hmm. That's what we saw on her imaging. She had pain looking all directions. So looking up, down, side to side. Just pain. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> she had a lot of difficulty with lifting things and with reaching overhead and then trying mm -hmm. again, you know, driving, trying to look over shoulders, that that was very difficult for her. And that just creates more complications all the way around. Yeah. So. Yeah, it sure does. So, initial her initial treatment plan was um, doing laser therapy 3 times a week for 3 weeks, so a total of 9 treatments, but they the um, practitioners also recommended two trigger point injections. That's where you use a little bit of lidocaine and marcaine, which are temporary numbing agents, and a very, very small little needle to get into some of those muscle trigger points mm -hmm. to try and release from the pain. Now, remember, she had already had injections that uh -huh. had made things worse. Right. Um, but in this case, they decided that going ahead with some of these trigger point injections in conjunction with laser therapy would be good for mm -hmm. this patient. Um, and I got to give this gal credit. Despite 30 plus years of pain, she was willing to try anything um, and had a great attitude. Mm -hmm. um, so she came in exactly as was as was recommended, um, had extremely good success uh, through those first three weeks and then carried on for an additional three weeks. So she had a total of 18 treatments and that resulted in a 71% improvement in her function and a 35% reduction in her pain. Um, and when we say 35% reduction in pain, for this gal, that's that's a significant amount of improvement. And a 71% in function, really that came from having better range of motion, no pain or stiffness reported by the patient at all. So from every range of motion being painful mm -hmm. to no pain. But that's not just attributed to the trigger point injection. That's with laser therapy. Right. We only did the two okay. trigger point injections yeah. in, in that early stage. And then she continued to improve uh, throughout there. And actually, what I want to show you, everybody watching here, um, let's see if I can't do this here. So these are the charts from this gal's um, um, outcome assessments. Mm -hmm. So this, this graph on the left here, that shows her her function score. 
Okay, so she went from impaired function to no impairment really, mm -hmm. um, or very, very little impairment at all, right away in those first three weeks. Um, which means that her range of motion improved. Mm -hmm. She was able to do things like she was able to go um, uh, and sleep without pain now. She was able to uh, drive much, much more easily. That improved immediately. But what I want you to look at too is this second graph on the right. And that represents her pain scores. And you're going to notice in those first three weeks how much pain relief did she have? Not much. Not much. <clears throat> she improved her function, which mm -hmm. is really, really good, really important. But the trigger point injections as a part of that initial three weeks mm -hmm. really didn't give her a lot of actual pain, measurable pain relief. Mm -hmm. It was the ongoing laser that right. continued to happen over the next three weeks that led to that significant drop in pain. Now I'm really pleased to tell you that we don't have the, the graphs from the, the rest of, uh, of this patient's journey in care, but she went ahead and tapered out of care um, uh, over the next several weeks mm -hmm. and continued to do very well with much, much less pain. Um, she did come back to see us for a small flare-up. I think that was maybe six months or so after we discharged mm -hmm. her. That was it. That Amazing. was the total picture for this patient. And, and you said 31 years 31 of pain years. And then go through six weeks treatment mm -hmm. to virtually, you know, no pain and then just a simple flare-up. Take care of that, and she's good to go. Right. That's exactly right. That's a great story. Oh, it's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's life-changing for this guy. Exactly. You know, can you imagine mm. uh, from the age of 49 on just continuous mm. pain and mm. taking medications, going through a bunch of different other uh, you know, um, uh, procedures, trying so many different things between chiropractic and exercises and all these mm. different things and really getting nowhere, and then to just, you know, within six weeks have amazing progress it is amazing yeah it is and it gives people hope I yeah mean, and these are the types of stories if you will that are valid because it really happened and for somebody but it can give others hope right through that process yeah 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 and, and again you know this isn't everybody's story no there's always a success and a failure rate but mm -hmm. at the same time when you have a story of, of somebody like this you know they weren't getting better already right they, they, they weren't going to get better you know they already, yeah They've had a track record of not right. getting better. Yeah, so to see somebody be able to turn around that way and to mm -hmm. see the integration, really, of laser therapy with just a couple of these minimally invasive trigger point injections yeah. um, for this patient, I mean, to, to see her be able to turn around, that is just really exciting. That's, that's exciting. That's wonderful. we got another one here. we got diabetic neuropathy. And this one is, this, I like this story because it... It's a mild case of diabetic neuropathy. It's not mm -hmm. the severe, I can never sleep, I can never, you know, really, it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. um, but Just again. more problematic for the, I mean, irritation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So this, this gentleman was 62 years old. He had a five-year history of, of mild diabetic neuropathy. So his pain was rated between a three and a four. Um, and he hadn't really done a whole lot of different things with it. He, he tried some exercise, some stretching, some massage. He was trying to control his sugars quite well. Mm -hmm. um, he was on medications uh, for this. Um, let's see. He was taking um, metformin, lisinopril, as well as a statin and drug um, to, to control his, his sugars. And he was working on 
you know, controlling mm-hmm. issues. He wasn't that good at it, though. Mm-hmm. So we had a little bit of an uphill battle. Not only had he had it for five years, um, but he wasn't great in terms of controlling his diet. Mm-hmm. And when you're not great at controlling your diet with diabetes, it means your sugar levels are up a lot. When your sugar levels are up a lot, that's active ongoing damage to the nerves. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody comes in to see us, one of the first things we have to do for diabetic neuropathy patients is make sure the sugars are controlled. Otherwise, right. we're going to be two steps forward, one step back. Right. Very frustrating. So his biggest complaint was actually that he couldn't ski. <laughs> He, he, could, he could ski, but not really that well for very long before his mm-hmm. symptoms would be escalating. And then, mm. so that was a frustrating That's piece for him. Yeah. And again, only 62. Mm-hmm. Not old. No. Got no. lots of skiing not, ahead of him. Not old at all. No. <laughs> not at all. You know, hopefully another 20 years of skiing ahead of him. Exactly. But if, if it's limited now, you know, typically these things do get worse. Diabetic mm-hmm. neuropathy does tend to get worse. Well, most of what you don't address will get worse if you don't take action right so right the sooner you can get on it the better mm-hmm. in most cases in most cases one other thing was that he wasn't able to sit for longer than about an hour without his, his symptoms escalating quite a bit mm-hmm. um, so for the initial treatment plan they recommended twice a week for four weeks again I did see this patient personally but so did several other practitioners um, he did very well. This patient did very well through the first uh, four weeks there of treatment and showed some immediate improvement. Again, I'll show you a graph here uh, for this patient. Um, so his pain uh, did drop well within those first few weeks, and then it continued to drop and stabilize over the next period of time. So. Um, this is one where we have a little bit longer follow-up documented here, uh, which is which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had good improvement uh, pretty quickly. He ended up having a total of 21 treatments over the span of 21 weeks. So mm-hmm. initially, twice a week for four weeks, um, and then gradually spacing out the treatments from there, which is typically what we'll do with mm-hmm. neuropathy patients. So you might have quite a few treatments, but it's spread out over, you know, three, four, five, six months in right. a lot of cases. Right. Um, so improved extremely well, had no residual functional impairment after those 21 weeks. Uh, we did an additional evaluation four weeks into treatments, um, and he had uh, no swelling, no pain um, with, uh, with that exam. Full range of motion, was able to have good improvement in his ability to ski and his ability to sit. Um, he continued to do okay with managing his diabetes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he will continue, but we've not had to see this patient back um, at all. Uh, and uh, he did very, very well with that treatment plan. So that one, I think, is a good illustration mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, just because something's been around for a while and it's not that bad doesn't mean you shouldn't get treatment because you can have right. improvement. And it's not even that many treatments that we're talking about you know over a period of time to have good lasting improvement i mean this guy started seeing results after the very first treatment wow so um that's not necessarily typical but Mm -hmm. that does happen we see patients to get better really right away even with these things that have been um you know painful for years or very difficult you know nerve damage well and if you can i mean this is a great example of improved quality of life i mean Mm -hmm. in being able to enjoy activity that they enjoy with some non-invasive therapy right yeah no no injections on this one uh no fancy supplements um you know 
10 minutes or so of laser therapy and out the door, you know, spread mm-hmm. out over um, 20, 21 weeks. So what is that, five months or so? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, really good improvement for mm-hmm. very little investment, exactly. actually, you know, exactly. on, in time and effort. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, and it just continues to progress. Right. And, and, you know, most people um, that are using the right kind of settings uh, and the right kind of laser equipment with neuropathy, even with diabetic neuropathy cases that aren't always the best control, still see very, very good results. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where I'm going to stop for a second and plug Laser Therapy Institute. So if you are looking at light therapy or laser therapies for, uh, for yourself, for a loved one, you want to start with Laser Therapy Institute. We have a network of clinics across the world that provide excellent laser therapy. They have the very best equipment. They have mm-hmm. the very best protocols. They know how to treat these things from chronic neck pain to diabetic neuropathies to knee pain like we're about to talk about right now too. So mm-hmm. look us up, lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can go to the clinics tab and find out if there's someone near you that can help with providing excellent laser therapy. Right. It's a great resource. Right. Yes. There's also a lot of other links on there like we talked about before on things like, uh, you know, um, additional episodes of this podcast, Mm -hmm. YouTube videos, and uh, these case studies, which you can download too if you want to read more about them. There's just a a plethora of information. Yeah. So. Plenty out there. Mm -hmm. We're the place to be. All right. So let's talk about knee pain. This gal, different story, younger gal, 49 years old, came in with knee pain. And um, she had not had it for very, very long, um, about a month and a half, and it happened when she was exercising. She was doing some higher intensity exercise, doing burpees, and started getting this acute pain in that right knee. She had tried ice, she tried over-the-counter medications, but that's about all she had really tried, you know, plus rest. Mm-hmm. Um, any weight-bearing activity aggravated it and her left knee was starting to bother her too that's something we see a lot no you overcompensate mm-hmm. one hurts you use the other one more and so then it just starts it's like, i'm gonna start hurting too that's exactly right <laughs> and, and you know people in their 40s 50s or where we a lot of times will see these exercise related injuries people are you know trying to stay in shape or trying to get back into shape um and the body doesn't quite have the same tolerance that it used to when you're in your 20s right um and in a lot of cases you end up overexerting or overworking something and that becomes an injury that then stops you from mm-hmm. being able to work out. This gal could not work out because every time she tried to do anything weight bearing on that leg, it would start to bother the knee more mm-hmm. and then it would bother that left knee as well. So she came in to see us, um, again, was seen by myself as well as other practitioners. She had a lot of difficulty with walking, uh, going, uh, walking over uneven surfaces or for long distances would make her complaints a lot worse. The, there was swelling on uh, on the exam as well as signs of a meniscus injury. So um, we did go ahead and uh, get x-rays on this patient. They were negative, which means we didn't have any arthritis, mm-hmm. but it doesn't rule out some of the soft tissue injuries like a meniscus injury mm-hmm. uh, or sprain strain, which is what we went ahead and diagnosed her with, a sprain strain of the knee. Okay. So initially started her out three times a week for three weeks, so nine visits over three weeks. And we um, also started working with her on some exercise as well. We just did a couple sessions of that because she knew what she was doing. We just wanted to make sure that exercise-wise she was safe to start going back to some motion and and doing some non-weight-bearing 
exercise so she could stay strong and, mm-hmm. and use her muscles uh, while we were getting her better. Right. So um, she improved so well over those first uh, three weeks that we decided to go ahead and continue her just once a week for four weeks. So she had a total of uh, 13 treatments. I'll go ahead and pull up her graph too so you guys can see that. All right. So this is her her graph of pain. So she had really rapid improvement over those first few weeks. She had a little bit of residual pain, so we continued to work on her until that pain was completely resolved. And then when her function as well, she was fairly impaired, but had rapid improvement in those first three weeks and continued all the way until she was completely well over the next four weeks. So 100% recovery in her pain and her uh, function scores as well. She's able to go back to working out with no problem. Uh, we were able to release her to full activities again. Um, her testing uh, at discharge was was completely normal, so no sign of that meniscus injury, no swelling, full range of motion. Said she was super super happy, and we have not had to see her back at all. She's been able to continue on with what she was doing and you know that is incredibly important Mm -hmm. if you have an exercise plan that you're on if you're trying to stay active we know that the fix for just about everything in life is diet and exercise right right? that combination right there fixes just about everything if you Mm -hmm. can't do the exercise portion though because of pain you need to be able to get things fixed up to where you can do it stay active and then get back into your exercise routine again because when you fall off the exercise wagon when you aren't able to complete you know um, some level of activity Mm -hmm. it just invites more and more problems whether that is arthritic problems uh, future injury risk of falls any of that so and motion a body in motion is it just needs to be so. Yeah, yeah, that's we're designed to be active. Um, if injury is something that sidelined you, uh, we we use laser therapy all the time mm-hmm. to get people back to being active because it helps with the pain, it helps with the inflammation, it helps with repair. Repair, mm-hmm. um, and that's what gets people back into action. And you can you can find that there's a lot of things you still can do mm-hmm. activity wise. Uh, a lot of times while we're doing laser therapy, as long as we do it the right way. Right, it's a both and. Again, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's not one or the other, it's its everything combined. Right. And some, I mean, if you can do the therapy, the laser therapy to repair things, so then you can just get on and move on with the activities you want to do. Right. Yeah, so. it really does have a great impact on maintaining and promoting wellness overall. You don't have to continuously get laser therapy. That's mm-hmm. the thing. This is not something where you have to keep doing it if you're going right. to stay well. It is It is a let's get it better. Let's get you back to being active and doing things you can do. You know, moving the head and neck. You know, back to where you can have good motion. Back to where you can ski. Back to where you can get back in the gym. Um, because that's mm-hmm. where people really thrive. And that's what laser therapy can help with. It can help people get back to doing the things they need to be able to do. Even if it's been 30 years of pain, yeah. you know. Well, that's the difference in my mind between laser therapy and, and medications. Sometimes mm-hmm. medications are necessary. I'm not discounting any of that, but a lot of times they cover up, whereas laser therapy repairs and heals, and that's the big difference for me. That is. That absolutely is. You know, um, So if you're looking at adding light therapy or laser therapy to your life, to your care plan, 
Um, certainly look us up, lasertherapyinstitute.org. Find out if there's a clinic near you. Find out more about these therapies by going to our website, checking out our YouTube, checking out the podcast as well. Again, YouTube's a great place because you, you, you can go to our channel and mm. search for whatever topic you're looking for. We've got... Uh, this is our 100th episode, Christy. This officially is. I looked at the numbers. Nice. And uh, so our 100th episode of our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, we've done topics ranging from traumatic brain injury to shoulder injuries to carpal tunnel to Parkinson's. I mean, we've covered a huge amount of ground. Again, all very research-based. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Learn more. And let us know if you have questions. You can email us directly, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Thanks, Christy. That was good. Thank you. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.